Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the propane campfire. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no stinking wood fires out here. <laughs> He's Tony. And I'm... Wait a minute. She's Peggy. There you go. <laughs> I catch on quick. Trick you. <laughs> we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Well, we are back from Vegas, which was a whole lot of fun seeing family and people who are a big part of our lives. Yes. But they're also far away. <laughs> One of the things I got from that trip to Vegas was we were driving in a not an alley but it was like a narrow street with buildings on the side and I rolled the windows down on the truck and turned off the podcasts that I was listening to <laughs> and just listen to the sound of the truck and the trailer and the trailer and yeah the hitch and yeah just all of that and it's something that I have always done I have had more than my share of classic cars and modern cars and junky cars and and all of that <laughs> and one of the things I found is if you become accustomed to the sound that your vehicle makes by listening to it, you will potentially spare yourself trouble if you listen to it and you're like, well, that doesn't sound right. And it's better to hear that sound of things sounding a little funny when it's a little hard to hear than when it's really loud and people are pointing and, <laughs> yeah. and trying to get you to pull over. Right. Just a little tip. It's a good thing to know what everything sounds like. We've talked about this before about the internal systems. You know, know that when you turn on the heater, you hear the tick, tick, tick of the fire, and then you hear the flame, and then you hear the fan blowing. And so if your heater doesn't work and you don't hear tick, 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 then you know which step is going wrong. Yep. And so very similar with the whole driving down the road kind of sounds. Get yeah. to know what they sound like. And if they don't sound right, we did pull over at one point because things just sounded too clunky in the hitch and I asked Tony to pull over and we got out and looked and everything was fine and it just I don't know we had to hit yeah. a bump or something yeah <laughs> it just yeah didn't... that's there was some horrible roads on this yeah. trip I'm always amazed that the cabinets still stay screwed into the travel trailer <laughs> some of these bumps in the road I know I Knock should shut wood, up hurry. <laughs> I know right oh gosh it's an impressive thing but it's good to know what the sounds that your vehicle normally makes are and that way if it sounds a little different you can figure out what that is so so yep. that's our little tip for you as we start out this week's podcast. And we have a really great guest. In fact, we have two. That's right. We do have two. The first one is Nathan Pettyjohn. And he's an author and he's very, very tech savvy. He's into a lot of technology and things and wrote a book called Zen and the Art of Admin Tasks. And then he went on a trip and then he wrote another book called Travels with Hoffa, which is a completely different kind of a book. Well, we'll just find out. We're going to talk with Nathan after this. That's right. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course. They charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, they're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. 
Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page, and you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. We are super excited to welcome Nathan Pettyjohn. He is an author of the book called Zen and the Art of Admin Tasks, and he is a regular contributor to Forbes, and he is very much in the media and technology business and CEO of a digital strategy company, and then took quite a departure on the heels of a breakup and decided to find meaning through adventure he rented an RV and explored the Pacific Northwest with his dog, Hoffa. So now he has a second book called Travels with Hoffa. And I'm sure it's quite different from his first book. <laughs> and while I have thought a lot of times how wonderful it would be to pay an assistant or be a paid assistant, we're not going to talk about those today. We're going to talk about you and Hoffa. Although we do recommend reading Zen and the Art of Admin Tests. Right, but, I did start reading that, and I can't get past the first page that says, what makes you think your emails are more important than the CEO of a big corporation? So I need to do some soul searching first. <laughs> so welcome, Nathan. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. One of the reasons that we wanted to have Nathan on is not just the book, Travels with Hoffa, but he basically got an RV and traveled up and down the West Coast, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, a little bit. It was kind of a last minute. And I've done a lot of last minute traveling, but a lot of just kind of like international travel. And I like going out on the road, but I had this dog. So an RV sounded like the kind of thing that I could take him on. And I had just read Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck, which uh -huh. is an amazing book. So it really inspired me too. And had you ever been in an RV or around RVs before? Yeah, when I was a kid, my dad had an RV. I grew up in Oklahoma and... There was a few years where we would take the RV out, but I was never driving it. And even the last five or six years, I haven't even owned a car. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So it was, it was a big difference to driving that thing. Right. That's pretty brave because you live in Southern California, which is the car capital of the world. Yeah, I work remotely and I can Uber if I have to go some places, but usually I'm just kind of like sitting at home. Ah, okay. We tend to forget that Uber option because it's not very popular up in our little rural yeah. area. <laughs> we, we live in a rural area. We forget that that's such a common thing in some such places. Such an awesome thing. <laughs> or I just walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much cool stuff there. So you rented an RV. Is that how that came about? Yeah. I looked at different options in those kind of places where they have a bunch of like a fleet of RVs that you can rent. But I ended up going to one of those websites, like uh, I think Outdoorsy was the one I worked with. It was just uh, like an individual had listed his RV to rent and you can rent it directly from them. Mm -hmm. And this just takes a percentage. I like doing it that way because even though I'm kind of a newbie in, in the space, that person that I rented it from was very experienced and gave me a lot of good tips. And he had, you know, upgraded some things and put in a nicer bed. And it was nice. really like a homey kind of uh, cozy feeling. And it was a class C, if I'm not mistaken, right? Where the front's like a van and the back's RV. Yeah, I guess so. It was uh, Fleetwood Southland. So 36 foot. So it's a pretty sizable RV. What was it like driving? You know, I mean, I would imagine you hadn't driven anything of that size before. It was kind of scary. It was a lot easier than I thought driving it on the highways and stuff. But as soon as we had to, you know, navigate curves and mountains and snow and <laughs> ice and wind, it got pretty scary at some points. <laughs> 
<laughs> were there any surprises about the RV experience that were completely counter to what you had assumed? I'm not sure. I, I mean, there was a lot of things. I made all the kind of newbie mistakes that, you know, kind of seemed stupid looking back. But like, <laughs> I, you know, left the electric heaters plugged in after I turned off the generator and oh. I, I blew the power inverter. So for a couple of days, I couldn't watch TV or, you know, use certain things. Certain areas when it got cold or the elevation, the generator would get finicky and I couldn't get the generator to work sometimes. The first couple of days, I didn't even really understand the propane heater, so I didn't use it. <laughs> I found that's fairly common. A lot of people use electric heaters in RVs. Yeah. Yeah. I made mistakes. <laughs> but as far as like surprised me, I think draining the tanks and stuff, like I had some spots where I stopped where they didn't have the right size hookup and stuff and very little complaints. I guess my biggest complaint was really just at the national parks and RV parks and KOA kind of spots where I didn't like being parked right next to a bunch of other people. I preferred the boondocking experience. So mm-hmm. I ended up during the trip doing a lot more boondocking, but my first stop was at Zion National Park at the <laughs> campground. It was so crowded and it was like being at Disneyland. Yeah, mm, I can yeah. imagine. So you drove from Southern California to Zion in basically a straight shot? Yeah, my brother came with me for the first four nights. So we drove through the night and we got to maybe like two hours before Zion and we decided to stop and sleep in a parking lot for a couple hours. Wow. Wow. We went to Zion. Zion is one of those places, you know, there are certain places that as an RVer you almost have to go to and that's right. one of them. And for good reason, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, if you're going to travel around the U.S. and especially like you did the Pacific Northwest and you don't do that, you're in big trouble with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a little too Disney with the lines of people going up to take the same picture, the same view. Yeah. And I told my brother, I was like, we need to go boondock tomorrow. And we went like nine miles west of Zion to a place called Sheepbridge Road. And there was some BLM land there and we parked and uh, we were just like all by ourselves and it was so much better. That's the way to clear your mind and and do a reset. We're just big fans of boondocking and it's great to just get out and get away and such. Yeah, for sure. That's our favorite. Yeah, me too. So how did Hoffa like it? Uh, it was the best day of my dog's life every day. <laughs> so I'm guessing he travels well. You know, some dogs don't like to be in a car or in a vehicle at all, but he obviously did fine. He was like a German shepherd. And I think he was like eight months old at the time. So it was a cool way to kind of start off his life and continue the training. But I talk about in the book, I compare a bunch of movies because I like movies. And I talk about an office space when Ron Livingston is complaining to his therapist and saying like every day of his life is the worst day of his life. Yesterday is <laughs> and tomorrow will be. And I was talking about how with my dog... And sometimes with me, it's like every day can be the best day of your life. And, you know, a lot of times just kind of like seeing the trip through my dog's eyes was that kind of feeling. That's a way better attitude. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that is. And so then you decided to write a book about the adventure. Yeah, so I had taken some notes on the trip. I didn't take it thinking I would write a book about it. I took some notes while I was on the trip. And then when I got back, I didn't really touch it. It was last October. And then during quarantine, I just was kind of like, bored and (laughs) what (laughs) i got nothing to do i'll write a book (laughs) they closed the beaches here they closed everything so we couldn't even go outside so during the month of april of this year i wrote the first draft it was kind of just for selfish reasons like to relive the experience and i was sitting here typing it and it was it was really cathartic and making me like happy remembering all the different things that we'd gotten to do and 
made me want to go out on the road again. Great. Huh. Well, we heartily encourage that. So do you think that you will do that <laughs> a little bit more semi-permanently or once every few years or? <laughs> as often as I can. I'd love to buy one at some point, but I was looking today at some rentals again for this next month. You know, maybe not for as long as a trip, maybe just a week or two, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to go again soon. I loved it. Excellent. That's good. How long was the trip that you took with Hoffa? It was like 23 days. One of the nice things about the RV rental space is that, you know, if you decide this time I want something small that I can really get out overlanding with or whatever, or something big that's luxurious or whatever, that's the nice thing about the rental space is that you can imagine it and it's available, especially in a larger metropolitan area. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to try a couple more times and then hopefully get to buy my own. So did you, I don't know if you spent much time, you know, kind of looking at, well, you said you looked at a lot of rigs before you decided on which one to rent. And do you think that that would kind of be permanently your best? choice in terms of what kind of RV rather than a travel trailer or a conversion van or there was a lot of times on the trip where I wish I could have gone to kind of a steeper road or more narrow and or just have set the rig down and then taken a Jeep or another vehicle to go do something mm-hmm. so it wasn't super convenient because there's a lot of places that you can't really fit the big rigs in but I liked having the big bed and a full-size refrigerator and right <laughs> yeah I think that was more my speed that's one of the things that you you know, this is like a religious discussion about it what, kind what of platform is. <laughs> is the best, and that can always be scary. But that's why I didn't ask. I didn't say what's the best. I said, "What do you like?" Right. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. There are some people who are really adamant that this way that I do it is the best and only good way to do it. Yeah. And we try to avoid saying things like that. You know, I I have friends who will do nothing but sleep in a tent and friends who will do nothing but travel in a giant class A bus. (laughs) And none of them are wrong. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, there's no wrong way to go RVing except sit at home and wish. Yeah. (laughs) So did you have a favorite location or a favorite one thing that stood out? Or it sounds like the whole trip stood out, the whole thing was a very good trip. Yeah, there was a lot of places that I liked. Every place in Montana... I love. I had never been to Washington before, so I went to Mount Rainier, and I really liked that foresty area. I thought it was really beautiful. And then by Crater Lake in Oregon was also really beautiful. I don't know if I had to pick one, it'd probably be somewhere in Montana. Okay. Yeah, the whole country is fantastic, but we do tend to really love our West Coast. Yeah, <laughs> I did happen to because I was kind of just skimming through the book, and I read the page where you met the guy. I think you were in Montana or something, and he said, "Hey, while you're out here on the Pacific Northwest, you should drive through Kentucky. Where <laughs> <laughs> you should go. <laughs> yeah, maps confuse some people. <laughs> I showed him on my phone like the whole itinerary of the circle of the Pacific Northwest. So he he saw where right. I was going. <laughs> Was at a bar, so he had been drinking. Ah. Well, and that's a good thing to do in Montana or anywhere, really. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice break of the trip because I didn't, I mean, there was times where I saw some friends and stuff, but like stopping in the local bars and stuff was really cool and, you know, meeting those kind of people. Yeah. And it sounds like you predominantly stayed off the main roads and went kind of the back roads to see the more unique and interesting aspects of this country. Yeah, I tried to. I still went to Yosemite and Yellowstone and those other places, but, you know, after Zion, it kind of just dawned on me that there's thousands of places in this country that are beautiful you can take pictures of and enjoy. You don't need to stand in line to do it or to go 
take the exact same picture as everyone else to put on social media. So yeah, I mean, just unplugging for me was really important, even though I write a column about innovation and technology and my company is about social media marketing and stuff. I write a lot of articles about why you'll be happier if you unplug and why social media is bad for you and those kinds of things. <laughs> did you write those kind of articles before that or do those articles come from that trip? I wrote those articles on my Forbes column over the last couple of years, okay. a recurring theme where I'm I'm always saying this is bad for you. <laughs> Read this and then turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Opportunity to unplug is always what I'm looking for. Yeah. And so where can people find your work? Since I have the digital side pretty locked down. So if you just Google my name, everything will show up. Nathan Pettyjohn. And we'll provide a link in our show notes so mm -hmm. people can find you a little more easily. And definitely pick up the book of Zen and the Art of Admin Tasks because all of us could use a little help with getting our stuff together, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and of course and travels, of course, with, travels Hoffa. with Hoffa yeah. yeah absolutely and we'll put a link of where you can buy that too yeah I don't know what uh, the experienced RVers will think of it but you know, hopefully for people that haven't done that they'll read it and consider taking an RV trip well and everybody had their first time so experienced RVers if they give you any side eye because of the mistakes you made they are being unfair because <laughs> we've all had a first time out there well and by the same token you go to these workshops or seminars or whatever it happens to be and you see somebody mention a point or do something and that's something you've known for years and you just forget it. So right. it's great to see ideas and travels and people might pick up places where they want to go or learn more about traveling with dogs or, you know, it's always just fun to see other people's experiences and kind of learn from that perspective. Right. Yeah, no, I love the kind of mindset that you guys put out and like a big theme of the book too is I talk about bucket lists and this idea that, you know, we always think long-term or like after I retire, I can go do these things or something. Thing and mm -hmm. the bucket list is like way off in the future, or right before you die or something. And right. I talk about with the dog. And so it's a, it's a little bit longer of a story. But you know, basically, the point being like, you should go do those things immediately or right now or, or find ways to do them. Because you know, like COVID is a great example or the fires in California where you can't go outside. It's like, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring or if you can go outside and do these things then. So just kind of seizing the moment and saying the bucket list doesn't need to be way off in the future. How can I go do some of this right now? Even if it's only a one week trip or something, getting out of the house and unplugging is so beneficial for you. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with that because tomorrow's not guaranteed, as you said, and you never know what's going to happen in the future. So it's good to enjoy as much as you can today, including reading great books. Yeah. And I just thought of another question question is that while you were out, because you were gone for 20 some odd days, did you work? Did you submit? Are you like a weekly submitter of things that you had to continue to do? Or were you able to just kind of take that month off and just really, really unplug? Yeah, I usually work from the road when I travel. I don't even usually tell clients when I'm leaving or when I'm on the road. Right. So it's always just kind of like I'm working remotely somewhere new. And that was part of what that first book, Zen and the Art of Admin Tests, was about, was how I you know have systems in place to be able to handle emails or scheduling or invoicing and all the kind of day-to-day -day tasks and not have to worry about that and know that it's still happening and the company's still going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now the opportunity to do that kind of thing from anywhere with the absolute power of our smartphones and our portable computers and better connectivity, it's amazing what you can accomplish now, even just compared to a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, it really makes me happy. We yeah. don't have to be sitting here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everybody's been working remote this year anyway, or a lot of most people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's opened a lot of opportunity for people who have wanted to experiment with working at home or working remotely. And this gave companies, businesses, you know, employers and employees a chance to put their toes in the water and see how it would go. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, there's a lot of people buying RVs or camping equipment and just the stress of COVID or the election and all these different things. We could all use some stressless. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that would be a great name for a, wait oh. a minute. <laughs> And I see a lot of people now are are saying, well, I have to remote school my kids or I have to remote work. Why do I have to stay home? Why not take the home, put some wheels under it and go see what I can? There's a great book about that called Vagabonding by Rolf Potts about the art of long-term world travel. And he talks about bringing the kids and doing those things and how they'll learn so much more anyway on the road than they would just sitting at home on PlayStation or something. Right, right. It's so much more valuable to see Mount Rushmore. I don't know why that came in my mind, but (laughs) Mount Rushmore in person instead of in a book. Yeah. Oh, totally. The first time I went to like Cuba, you know, I had opinions about communism and those kind of things, but like being there, seeing it and like breathing the air there, like I came back with a different attitude on what communism is like or what you know it's like there man that's a place i'd like to get to someday is cuba i love travel well obviously i do (laughs) podcast about it (laughs) i also like breathing air and eating food believe it or not you are an odd person i really am (laughs) (laughs) well nathan it has been a real pleasure getting to know you here and learning more about your travels and hopefully our paths will cross out out there on the road at a campfire in the boondocks. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank oh, you. it was a real pleasure. Have a great day. You too. All right. Did you make our camping reservations? No, everything's full. We might have to rethink our trip. No way. Did you look at Boondockers Welcome? You remember they have hosts all over the place where we can stay free. Some that are totally off-grid camping and some with partial and even full hookups. There's all kinds of great places to overnight. Of course. And we even have a coupon code to join Boondockers Welcome on our partners page. You could save five bucks when you sign up. How could I forget? There are all kinds of great places we can find on the Boondockers Welcome website. Our trip is saved. And speaking of saving money, we will since there's no charge to stay at any Boondockers Welcome site. It's the best deal out there and it's a great way to meet local hosts and stay in local places and expand our journey. Well, I'm going to finish planning our epic road trip and it's going to be even better with stays we find on the Boondockers Welcome website. And it's so easy to locate hosts along your next epic adventure. That was really terrific. We really enjoyed getting to meet Nathan. I really enjoyed that. And I'm like kind of wanting to follow his route a little bit now. Yeah, absolutely. He visited some great places and had a really good month with his dog. And I'm looking forward to doing it. Well, I mean, we do a lot of that in smaller chunks, but not with our dog, just with each other. Well, because we no longer have a dog, although that may change. (laughs) We keep talking about it. We've got puppy fever. Yeah, we do. Speaking of cool things. We did have a good stop on our... 
my gosh. Yeah. We actually stopped in Gilroy for a couple of days. We mooch-docked in our friend Byron's driveway. Right. Got to ride in his Cobra. That was super fun. Jeez Louise. That thing is, man, it is. Pretty sure that's the fastest I've ever driven. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. Anyway, one of the reasons we stopped is we went to an RV dealer called Seagrin's RV in Gilroy and spoke with the owner and a few of the staff members there about the Camp 365. And I was introduced to that by our friend Janine Pettit from Girl Camper. It is, I don't even know how to describe this thing. It is a foldable tent... On a trailer, but not a tent. It has uh, several hard walls. It's more folded than, let's say, an A-frame trailer. Yeah, it kind of folds like wings down. And then instead of using canvas, which a lot of these do, it uses two layers of this product called Aqualon, which is like a plasticky, canvasy type material. But because it uses two layers... There's an air gap between them. And that is works as insulation. Yeah, it's a great insulator. The cool thing about this trailer is it's so light, you could tow it with an ATV, and the axles on some of the models will literally crank in so that it can either fit next to your car inside the garage or down a backwoods trail. And then you get where you're going and you unfold this trailer. And one person can easily unfold it. It's all aluminum and aircraft type materials Mm -hmm. and then you unfold it and it's huge it is huge i just i can't you know i had seen pictures of it before i went i'm like wow this is really cool and then i went and saw it and well you'll hear we made this recording with our phones unfortunately so it's not as good as what i would prefer but you get the idea so let's go talk to randy and take a tour of the camp 365 So I'm Randy Sienna, and and uh, I don't know if you ever own anything, but I'm the carekeeper of Seagrin's RVs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, here we're at Seagrin's, which is here in Gilroy, California. And I have to admit, it's a huge indoor showroom. It's very impressive. We usually carry about 150 RVs inside. Uh, we have some very unique products coming into the store. Interesting. But by far, this is probably the most revolutionary product we have ever seen yeah really, yeah i mean it's an incredible product well made well constructed it's got a lot of really beautiful redeeming features but this is what i love look at this yeah it's so we're going it to a model that's folded and andy is moving it one-handed look at that just really uh-huh. impressive you know so the when they say anything will tell it yeah. We can put a class one hitch on, we'll tow it. Wow. The Camp 365 comes in three different models. The base model, and then the first step up model is the end model. Now the end model is really well equipped. It has, you know, the it has the sink, it has a, a stove top, comes with queen beds. And then the next model up is the M model. And the M model has bigger tires. And uh, it's designed for off-road and also has a larger jack. So the difference in height is the base model and the end model are garageable. They're six feet, eight inches high. But the M model, which is the off-road model, is uh, seven feet, one inch high. Now, a lot of custom homes, that's not going to be a problem. 
Right. But there are homes, the older uh, constructed homes are, are in our neighborhoods around here that 70 feet is the standard height. And tell me about those axles. I mean, that's... Oh, isn't that cool? That's oh, incredible. Man. So for roughly $1,800, give or take a little, the a- axles can be retracted in to, to a maximum of four feet width, which allows you to actually park this right alongside your car in a garage. Or yeah. in a carport. And also you could narrow. go down, saw a video of someone towing one with an ATV uh, yeah, down ex- a trail. Exactly right. So you can go into the real narrow trail. This is the perfect RV yeah. for a hunter yeah. or a yeah. sportsman, fisherman, people that want to kind of get back into the backwoods. And then the materials are all water resistant. It's not You're not going to have rotting floors and that sort of stuff exactly right this this is not typical canvas like you'd find in a tent trailer it's you know it's as you can see the sign says it's this aqualon which is a you know a product that's been used in the military it's a space age type product it's designed not to uh, have rot fungus moisture issues that you would typically have from a tent trailer that uses canvas and what and inside i see this model has a toilet yeah an air conditioner Toilet, which is standard with the with the camp. Well, the air conditioner is an option. Okay. But the end model comes standard with the uh, with the toilet, the sink, and the stove, huh. and the shower, outside shower. Interesting. Yeah. And it's a Truma Aquago water heater, if I remember right. It correct? is. Yeah, it's all German-made components, so it's, it's a, a real high-quality grade. And you know, the construction of the product is just—it is aircraft quality, I, really high end. I have to admit, you know, seeing it online does not do it justice. Seeing it in person, it's, I'm just blown away. This yeah, is so an, impressive. It's an impressive product. Now, the manufacturer has just made some modifications. So right out here, you're going to be able to actually put your stove cooker and your sink for outside use. Because, uh, you know, us RVers, you know, we right. prefer not to be inside cooking and yeah. inside washing. You know, this is an outdoor uh, lifestyle. So it makes much more sense to be outdoors. But you know, when you're even setting these up on unlevel ground, it's a real problem with typical RVs. You know, you're using blocks, you're using pieces of plastic and material, trying to offset the difference in, in level. But you, you know, when you're on unlevel ground, it's always a, a problem with an RV for a variety of reasons, including comfort. You right, know, when you're yeah. Trying to sleep and what have you. you and know. the fridge and, and whatnot. Our, yeah. So with this, uh, the RV, you're just literally pushing down on this device right here, and it automatically adjusts to the ground. Interesting. And it's light enough to where you can actually lift up and make that adjustment if necessary. Boy, this just... Oh, it's beautifully engineered. It's an incredible It really is. It really is. And how long does it take to go from... So we're looking at it open in camp mode. How long does it take to pack it up for the road? It's really less than eight minutes. Wow. To to unpack it and set it completely up if you're not trying to give an instruction on how to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's easy. As a matter of fact, we have a, a oh, actual video. A... Yeah. And I watched that, uh-huh. of course. There's only three or four steps, major steps that you have to take to just make sure that you know that you're unfastening uh, certain fasteners and unfasteners. This is the hardest part right here, which is still easy. You have one person on one side. As long as you put these blocks under the tires and uh-huh. it holds it stable, one person can actually take that entire wall and push it up. Interesting. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. This wall is real easy because you're just stepping into the RV and pushing forward. 
So there you go. If you've been looking for a trailer that you can stick in your garage and tow with like a Subaru or something like that, this might be a good choice for you, especially if you aren't living full time in it. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd like to do that. Yeah, but it's <laughs> But bigger. there are people who full time in a tent, so why not? Yeah. This is a step up from there. Yeah, and this thing is, like I say, a lot of aircraft quality materials. It's well made. It's really well engineered. I was really impressed with this. If I wanted something that, you know, if I didn't travel that much so I could put this in the garage and once a month take it out camping i would absolutely think of this this is a really neat trailer and as you keep pointing out all those times that we go fishing and hunting it would be the perfect vehicle (laughs) (laughs) i'm fishing for compliments and hunting for beers but i mean also it'd be cool like if you let's say you take it to a trailhead and pull it with an atv right back into the woods i mean it's good for that and that's just you know super awesome boondocking they talked about people taking them ice fishing and pulling out onto the ice. (laughs) But I don't get the idea of ice fishing. I mean, why do you need to catch ice when you could just make it in your freezer? You know, to each his own. I guess. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyway, so that was our gadget because it really is kind of a gadgety jackknifing arrangement of how it comes together and and folds down. So it's like a Swiss army tent. And I was, I have to say... Having come out of the RV dealer world, I was very impressed with Seagrin's RV. They have a great attitude. They seem like great people. Yeah. Just the way they deal with people there was very, very professional. So if you're in Central California and Gilroy, get yourself some garlic and go visit them. They, <laughs> they right. do a super job over there. I was impressed. Speaking of being impressed, we would be so impressed if you would tell a friend or someone you know or heck, somebody you don't about the Stressless Camping Podcast. And we'd be even more impressed if you wrote us a review yeah somebody just did yay somebody thank you thank you very very much (laughs) i can't tell you how important those are to help others find us which means we get really cool guests like nathan or randy that just really helps get the word out absolutely you know how you wouldn't miss a future episode of the stressless camping podcast Mm, perhaps if you were to subscribe on any podcast app for free you're kidding no wow that's a deal i kid about a lot of things but not about free well we're saving a seat (laughs) for you around our virtual campfire so thank you very much again for your time we always try to provide you with some value and some fun along the way here a little bit of stressless camping and until next week happy happy camping. camping We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!